Hi, Mind Gold Earth listeners. Um, I've got a lovely guest with me today. Um, this is pretty cool, actually. I literally met her like 48 hours ago. <laughs> it's a magical story. Her name's Thea Baker. Hi. Hello. Isn't she cute? She's got such a cute accent. I love it. We're just saying like how much nicer it sounds to hear the word cunt coming from an English person. Does it though, cunt? I oh, but know. it's so cute. You're like, oh, cunt. <laughs> There is a whole story about that, but I will not go there just now. So hilariously, I met Thea at my work, <laughs> um, and she was coming to do a seminar for our members on how to find the right balance, which I don't actually really know how, how do you find the right balance? Oh, well, you don't. Ah, cool. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a short seminar. like a constant, you know, battle. I think that's the thing, right, though, is that people are constantly trying to find this magic um, thing, like mm -hmm. a... We've, I've talked about this before in terms of nutrition, in terms of training. Mm. It's like they're trying to find that one thing that is going to fix everything. Yeah. But the secret is there like literally isn't that thing. That's it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So give yourself some slack. Like just ease up. And I did this whole thing about chocolate biscuits living in the fridge. Like sometimes it's just eat them. Like really. Like it's way too hard. Life That's is fair. too short. Frankly. Well, where were they putting the chocolate biscuits before you told them? To oh, well, them in the no, were they, no, well, because I was saying oh. this, and this, as an English person, not that you had to keep them in the fridge, but now I have learned that that is definitely the way forward in a summer. I've been here 10 years. Right, so okay, because they get all now, melted and mashed yuck. together in the packet. Like, and then it's just like a giant thing of digestive chocolate. But then mush. it's like, oh, I'm just having the one, but you really can't. it's a whole packet You've got and mashed together. I feel there's a, it's a, thing. a positive. Well, yeah, either or. <laughs> yeah, I went on this hole. Yeah, it was a good. Whole, I had lots of laughs. Like that. That good. That's good. Good bunch. So mm. I was um, tasked with the responsibility of making sure Thea was okay. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> and she was fine. And anyway, so I went downstairs um, to chat with her and ended up being like, should we do a podcast? I was like, hell yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about a great number of things that didn't include how to find the right balance. Yeah. But, you know, various husbands, dead and alive. Yeah. Um, trauma. Yeah. Um, All the things, vaginas, periods. Vaginas, periods. Yeah. It was just like the best chat ever. And now here she is literally two days later <laughs> in my house. Yay. <laughs> Drinking coffee. It's perfect. It's oh, it's yes. We got coffee. Mm. Sunday mornings should be like this, right? Man, and the 1st of January, I was like, right. No caffeine. That's what I'm doing for 2020. Mate, worst. That's not balanced. It was, no, it wasn't balanced at all. It was fucked. I lasted the whole month. I got the whole of January. And then I was like, kept being like, why am I so tired? Why am I, why am I, why do I feel so exhausted yeah. all the time? Like, mm -hmm. I just feel fucked. And then someone's like, maybe just have a coffee. I was like, oh yeah. I've got a client who has been wondering why everyone has all this energy. Because she never drank coffee. She'd every now and then have a cup of Earl Grey. I'm like, I'm really not sure that that. That was it, in quite the same way. She's discovered coffee, and she's like, now I understand how you all get stuff done. I'm now like, I'm alive. Yeah. 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 It's a game changer. Yeah. So, yeah, there Especially is no balance, basically. No. no. I mean, I think you're a social pariah in this city if you don't do coffee. Like, how do you exist if you don't drink coffee? Yeah, that's fair. Like, you can't make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Billy no mates. I just... <laughs> actually, yeah, we did actually have our chat yesterday at a... At a cafe. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I was just getting my nails done and I met um, a lady who started talking to me, asked me about my shirt. I'm wearing the Mind Gold shirt. Um, what, what's that? Blah, blah, blah. And I, she said, Oh, I've seen you around you. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm very distinctive looking. People tend to no have seen <laughs> People tend to have seen me around. That's like my thing. 
and she's like, same, I'm the only transsexual in Richmond. And I was like, that's cool. Like, that's fucking way cooler than having tattoos. Anyway, so I just got into this real intense conversation with her <laughs> in, the in the nail salon. And I was like, do you want to be on my podcast? And she's like, I'd love to be. So she's lined up. So I'm just keeping Winning. goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chat. Chat to people. You find... But everybody's got a thing. Everyone's like, got a story. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to your uh, episode where you were you were like, oh, I've done a certain number of episodes and I, I think I need to set my intentions out here. And that it's not about being famous or being... Like you were saying, your experiences. Oh, that was just, a solo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. relatively, like just experiences and it's how you know we've all had stuff like it doesn't matter that it isn't the biggest stuff or the smallest stuff but it's what we've learned through our own stuff um what it, what do we get from that I, i'm obsessed with at the moment dax shepherd's podcast oh what's that um, who's that so he <laughs> i keep going he's the guy he's the kind of gangly one in parenthood um, i haven't he's seen that show to Kristen bell Oh, I, again, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. like an old person, so I don't know <laughs> about these like celebrity things. I don't. Martha, my daughter, is like, oh, I know exactly, blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, she's the voice of um, Elsa or Elsa or whatever. Oh, in Frozen. Anyway, I, I haven't know. seen that. I'm also an old person. Everybody else would yeah. know precisely. Anyway, Dax Shepard has a, is a like I don't know, 13 years recovered uh, addict of just about anything. Yeah, and and everything. And he um, he does this really awesomely honest podcast. Uh, uh, and he interviews lots of famous people, but also lots of regular folk too. And he said in, in one of the earliest episodes, he said, you know, it's not, I don't like those places where you go and listen to this motivational wank. It's, he didn't say wank, I, I'm saying wank. But um, it's about it's learning from people's, great word, uh, learning from people's challenges and failures and the hard stuff. Because yeah. that's where there's the mind gold. That's where there's the stuff that you, you kind of go, oh, wow, I'd never thought of it like that. Because, you know, God willing, we don't all end up on some trauma train, right? You know, we all have our own things and, you know, sharing those experiences, um, learning from learning from those. That's where I think there's, I don't know, that's where there's wisdom. Yeah, there's yeah. value to be had in yeah. hearing someone else's story mm. and whether you can resonate with it as in something like that's happened yeah. to you or not. I think what I find is that it helps me appreciate people more and mm. give people a bit less of a hard time because mm. it's very easy to judge others and very yeah. easy to think well I'd never fucking do that absolutely but yeah. when you you give someone a chance and you give them a platform to really say their experiences and why they're like how they mm. are you're like 100%. so you're not just a cunt yeah absolutely you're, you're a traumatized a cunt <laughs> totally so I um you know, we talked about the dead husband and the, the ex-husband and the dead husband. And I feel like we'll, the, the we'll podcast to needs that. to hear about the dead yeah, and Yeah, we'll get to that. In, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But I, I as a, one of my placements for my um, my master's in counselling, I had to go to, or I didn't have to, I had gotten a placement in a, I called it the Angry Men's Clinic. It was oh um, a, a clinic opposite uh, Dandenong Courts where like 90% of the people that attended were there because they were mandated to be there and the vast proportion were men and the vast proportion were men with an intervention order against them for bashing their wife or kid or partner or somebody and I and as someone that's experienced family violence I was like oh this is going to be a bit of a thing like I don't know how I'm going to do this and these are not the people that I necessarily would choose to work with like that's not why I want to do this work um, after the first, I sat in on my first session with my super, my clinical supervisor there and I was just like, yeah, to be honest, I couldn't 
I couldn't feel any judgment towards this guy whatsoever. He'd done some absolutely cuntish things to, to his wife. And he was like imposing as a person. Um, and I sat there and I was just like, when I listened to his story, I'm like, yep. Because if I had had your life, I probably would have done some really abhorrent things too. I had zero judgment. All I could have was a ton of compassion. Wow. Because that's not saying the behavior is okay. The behavior is never okay. Yeah. But if you, there's just a, there's a place of understanding, I think. And when we don't have that judgy, judgy part of us, I talked about this on, on Friday in the, in the seminar, like we're so quick because we come to, we defend because we're challenged by it. And actually when we, Give pers a person a chance to hear their story. It's a really powerful, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Not, you know, there are some people that just do assholish things. I'm not saying that there aren't, but that whole, there's a, I don't know, there's a spectrum, right? Good people do bad things and bad people do good things. And there's every other shade of gray in between. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've certainly done things in yep. my life that I'm not proud of. 100%. 100%. Yep. So if people are going to judge me and say, I'm just a worthless piece of shit for yep. things I've done in my past, then, well, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we, it totally, totally would suck. And how do we learn? What do we individually learn? Because it's our journey. Like, it's not for anyone else to kind of go, well, you should have blah, blah, blah. Like, if I hear should one more time, I just want to like, it's one of my bad words in my clinic. Should. Yeah. yeah no, should's fucked. Should's not okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing is that people haven't been in a certain situation and, you know, it's easy to say, I'd never do that and no. I would do this, but you don't fucking know. You haven't no. been there. No, no, absolutely. And I think it's when you've, I don't know, trauma is a funny thing. I, I work with trauma every day now professionally and... Oh, you yeah, um, haven't even actually talked about what you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like you're just some random woman just, I met in this cafe. <laughs> who talks to people. Who just... What I do. <laughs> Stand up in front of people and chat. Uh, yeah, so I've taken to the title of a women's health counsellor and somatic psychotherapist, which makes me sound like super, I don't know, something. But basically, it does sound something. I work with largely with women, uh, largely with trauma, um, and I use modalities of therapy that work with the body because I believe that a lot of it gets stuck in the physical body. Yeah. Um, and the body can be used as a method of managing all of those mental health challenges like depression, anxiety, PTSD, blah, blah, blah. Um, because I came from a personal training background. That was my my jam before, and I still am a personal trainer. I can still do that whole thing if I... And I do sometimes with clients, but I, I work a lot with women who have suffered family violence, sexual assault, rape, birth, trauma. Um, yeah, systemic stuff and I also you know I work in a private practice as well and and see just about anyone who I do a lot of couples work too because I you know those people are in relationship with somebody yeah and things get funky takes yeah. up a lot of my time yeah so um yeah tr under an understanding and an appreciation of trauma in its various forms I think is pretty much how I live my life now because it's I quite see a it broad everywhere. spectrum now right it's huge yeah yeah and it and I always talk about trauma being in the eye of the not beholder, but the experiencer. So whoever, for sure, it doesn't. You know, it's not for me to judge whether that is a traumatic experience for you or not. If if it is traumatic for you, it's trauma. Full stop. Um, and again, we can lay lather judgment around it there too. Like, why are you why are you carrying on like that's a big deal? For sure. Um, yeah, I think that's. I'm definitely guilty of yeah. that. Like, harden up. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, yeah. I would. I wouldn't be carrying on like that over yeah. that. 
pull your it's big awful. girl pants on and crack on. Like, really? That's not so bad. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's and so then, easy to tell someone to harden the right. fuck up, eh? Yeah. yeah, I'm real guilty of that. Yeah. I'm just like, mate, you're just carrying on. Just fuck off. And then you kind of go, and then you hear their story, and you go, well, of course you'd find that traumatic because yeah. you've never had a chance to build your resilience muscle, and you've never had a chance to experience hardship because you were mollycoddled as a kid, or or you know you were abandoned as a kid so like suddenly everything you face is traumatic because that is your world your world is inherently unsafe yes um, yeah that's and so important. missing a tram might be trauma like you know it it's really um it's a it's a really difficult one and then you know then you get the big you know big t trauma where you either experience or have it you know been around something that's been deeply traumatic and, and and as women and this is where it gets interesting from my perspective is that women we tend to minimize it so much i work with so many sexual assault and rape victim clients who would minimize their experience oh well it wasn't that bad it was only this or it was just that or it it wasn't as bad as it could have been literally had this conversation with linda um, one of my friends who I did an episode mm. with recently, and this is exactly what we were talking about, is how damaging it is to compare your experience to maybe someone's had a worse yeah. one, or yeah. and in your mind that means that yours is um, irrelevant, yeah. or yeah, and yeah. it's and it's fucked, and that's why people don't speak out because they're like, oh, someone's going to be like, oh, you only, uh, yeah, that you know. You, you only got verbally yeah, abused. Well, totally. you know, calm down. Yeah. At least it didn't hit you. Yeah. You know. And that, that is it 100%. And yeah. that's why, um, yeah, that's why I did start speaking out about, that's how I started presenting, actually. It was the, my first big presenting gig, if in, in very inverted commas, was to um, talk about the, the dead husband scenario and, it, and how that whole thing came to pass. And, yeah, it's, it was an emotionally abusive relationship and to the outside all that got grieved and all that I, I was told from dawn till dusk after he died that I was so brave and fear you're so brave that's just so amazing how you're coping with this and you're coping so well and I remember turning to my girlfriend who's a GP and I said to her like at some point is someone gonna tell me if I'm not coping because I would not be able to tell you what what coping is or isn't right now like will you tell me if I'm not coping and I sat down with um, and she goes, yeah, but you're doing amazing. I'm like, I don't, I, I got really, I really bristled. I got so angry on the inside with it all. And I remember sitting down with a grief counselor who, who was the school counselor that my kids, uh, the kids were at school with her. Um, and, and I said, look, everyone keeps telling me this and I, and it's starting to really bug me. And she said, but you are coping really well. And I said, so what on earth, what is that? Like, how can you tell me that? And she said, well, you're getting out of bed and you're taking your kids to school and you're feeding them and you're picking them up from school and you're doing that. And I said, yeah, but I don't think that's being brave. That's, um, that's like life. Like I don't have a choice. Like that is, I've got two young kids and it wasn't just that he was the stepdad of those kids. Like the ex-husband was the dad of my kids, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I didn't think I had really had a choice. Like I was their mum, and we were now a team of three and that was my job. Um, this shit thing had happened, but that didn't mean I could just like not do any, like yeah, pull yeah, up the yeah. ball and go, okay, well, that's it, I'm out. Um, and she said, but that's actually your strength. That's your resilience. Is it, that is actually a choice. You're choosing to go and still do that. She said she works with plenty of people who would just curl up in bed and go, that's it. 
I'm not doing life. And I'm like, well, my family live on the other side of the world uh, in England. I li- I've got lots of awesome friends, but, you know, they've got families and they've been amazing and my house has never looked so clean and never f- so full of flowers. And my bin got emptied like 17 times in one day in this whole grieving wow. process. Like, it was ridiculous. The plug hole got cleaned out with somebody got a coat hanger. Like, the things I remember from those early, early days of grief were ridiculous. And as I say, so that started this whole thing in my head. Like, what, what is... What is trauma and how do we, how can we choose how we respond to it? Um, But the thing that I think really grated, the thing that was bristling with me is that getting up and getting the kids to school and blah, 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 like just functioning, because it was a mess, um, wasn't brave to me. I felt like a fraud because I hadn't told anybody that for the time that we'd been together, my second husband, the one that died, was emotionally the most abusive piece of work I knew. And that I had trapped, I'd got, I felt like I had trapped myself in this relationship and I had, and I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, and that, and it sounds so terrible because, you know, especially as an English person, heaven forbid if you speak ill of the dead, but um, we were both, we both swam competitively. Uh, we met in the pool uh, and we raced like at a national level. We raced in the ocean, we raced in the pool. Um, and it was a summer ocean season. It was actually, weirdly, five years ago, yesterday, that he died um, in an ocean swim. And he it was the fittest, like, like amazingly, amazing body and so, so fit and strong. And he just didn't finish this swim. Um, and they never, I wasn't racing that summer because I'd had bilateral hip surgery. So I was just recovered enough to be driving. And... Um, I was like the bag person that race because it was the his final race of the ocean season and it was a race from like Port Melbourne across to Williamstown so across the shipping channel really annoying for everybody else because normally we do a race out and back from a beach whereas this is like you know you had to have somebody to be able to drive you around meet you at the other side kind of thing so we'd said goodbye me and the kids had said goodbye to him at Port Melbourne off he went we drove around and by the time we got there this ambulance was coming and we were late because there was a market and all this other stuff going on. It's weird, the stuff you remember afterwards. Um, and I'd said to my little son, who must have been, I don't know, six or seven or something at the time, I said, um, oh, I hope that ambulance isn't for anyone in the swim. And he went, oh, why is that, mummy? And I said, well, because then someone's not had a very good race. I said, but it's probably fine. They get stung with, with jellyfish in this race all the time. That's what it'll be. Except when we got around the corner to the dry dock where they finish, I could see our friend who I'd taken with with us in the car and he'd been out for a while and Charles, my my husband, should have been like out with him, like they were should have won the race. They should have been sort of vying for first place. Um, and I could scan above people's heads because both Charles and Glenn were really tall. So I was just like, I can't see Charles. And I was yelling at, at Glenn. I was like, where's Charles? And he's like, I, I lost him in the race. This is all happening really quickly. And I'm like, kids, stay where you are. I just knew, like, as soon, like, at that moment, I was just like, that ambulance was for Charles. And um, they wouldn't let me through initially because I wasn't a swimmer. I wasn't swimming. Um, but then Glenn called me over, and I remember running over there. I abandoned my poor little kids, but, you know, there were people to look after them. And um, and there's, there is on the slab in this makeshift kind of uh, tent, like, literally a, a, t- a first aid tent on the side of the dry dock. Um, and there's all the paramedics and the defib machine and he's just lying there with his wetsuit cut open and I'm I, I can just remember carrying on like like wailing and, and all sorts and then the 
like volunteer doctors got hold of me and he's like I need you to concentrate and I and I need you to focus and are you his wife and I'm like yes we'd been married 51 weeks to the day so it would have been our first wow. wedding anniversary the week after yeah um and he I remember him steering me around the side like it made no difference because like it was like a you know a top yeah <laughs> but I could I could hear the paramedics I could hear the bit bit like anytime I hear that machine and then clear and it went on for it went on for nearly an hour they worked on him uh, more people turned up uh, they allowed me to go see him at one stage and then they moved me into the ambulance um and at that point I knew that he wasn't going to make it and I had stopped my whole <laughs> there's this it's really bizarre because there's this restaurant that's outside so there's all these people having lunch yeah, right. And there's me literally screaming myself hoarse out there and sobbing and wailing. And I was calling his name because I thought if I yelled loud enough, he would hear me and then he would stop being stupid and he would come back to life. And, um, and then I went really quiet and I can, just, I can remember this as if it was literally yesterday. And I can, and I, I just suddenly went silent and this tiny little voice said, yeah, but Thea, if he dies, then you're free. And then, and as quickly as it came, I was just like, you can't fucking think that. <laughs> that is not okay. You can't, you can't think that this is okay. And then the next little voice was like, yeah, but if he has gone, how are you going to pay for the house? And how, like fully into functioning mode. And then it was like, I, the other part of me shut all of that down and was like, fucking don't, you can't, you can't even admit that to yourself. And especially not now. They're trying to save his life. So I was going through all these really conflicting thoughts um, and then they moved me into the ambulance and then it just was forever and Glenn, bless his heart, kept coming back. He'd been keeping an eye on the kids, he'd been keeping an eye on what was going on but I, I knew at that point that he, he died. And then, um, and then they just basically left me with this dead body on the side of the, like, it, oh yeah, my God. while the coroners came. Um, my kids, my two little kids came in to say goodbye to Charles. Um, we'd been sat there for hours, like literally probably two or three hours by the time the, the um, coroners came. And so then that started this whole process of like, like fully grieving. Like the loss was massive. I, you know, I'd had people die in my life, like my grandparents and stuff before, but I'd never lost somebody who had meant so very much to me and it's this very difficult um i guess i had this in this moment a real appreciation of the fact that two things two emotions can be literally the opposite thing uh, and be felt at exactly the same time and both be equally valid and that was utter loss grief and devastation on one end of the spectrum and i felt that and relief and freedom and almost joy because I knew that I wasn't going to have to be stuck in this relationship. And, and he was, um, he was that typical narcissistic and utterly manipulative and controlling personality to the, he, he, um, he was about 10 years older than me and to the outside world was this gentle South African giant that wouldn't literally harm a fly kind and smiley and relatively quiet. Um, but had a really lovely sense of humor when, when it came through, but then, um, behind closed doors, he was so controlling. Um, wouldn't let me answer the door to men 
who came to the house, like the postman or his friends who came to drop off. I remember this one guy came to drop off a happy moving card and he was so angry with me that I'd answered the door. Um, yeah, controlled everything. You know, I was telling you on Friday that he controlled how much sugar I had in my tea, which seems really nonsensical because my friends would say to me, yeah, but isn't that lovely that he makes you tea every morning? And I'm like, well, no, because I drink tea without sugar and now I drink it. He makes me drink it with sugar. Like, he wouldn't listen to me. Um, but at the same time, he worshipped the very ground that I walked on and I was the, the best, most perfect thing that had ever happened. Um, yeah, it was I a messy time. So like the whole concept of somebody almost worshipping you yeah it seems so intoxicating mm -hmm. and I've been in a relationship where that's been the case and I think that's the reason that I found it so hard to separate myself from that person is because you know all you've ever wanted is for someone to see you as this amazing perfect being yep and you're not no so no <laughs> that's absolutely. It's fucking stupid but yep. when you find somebody who's like I can't live without you. You're, you know, you're everything to me. Mm -hmm. Like, and they make you feel like that. That is so hard to, to be like, you know what? That's not what I want. You know? Yep. Yep. And, and so, um, so confusing. It's, it's such, it's literally a head fuck. You don't realize it's happening until you're so, so in it that you don't know how I didn't know how to get out. And because, so, my ex-husband, God bless him, um, you know, this morning we've been to watch our son play soccer, but with my current fiancé, like, we all go together. He's a really good guy. He's a really, you know, what can I say? My ovaries were basically exploding when we met, and it seemed like, a, he seemed like a very safe and sensible, he's an accountant, he reminds me of my dad, like, Love that. he was a great person <laughs> to make babies with, right? Yeah. But, um... In the process of me figuring out who I was after I'd had my two kids with him, I became this, oh, I always was this character that had just way too much for him. Like, I just was too much. Not too much for the world. Like, it's not like I think I am too much, but I was too much for him. And I, um, you know, I'd gone through this, like, fuzzy phase of, like, blimp of a postnatal blob of a human who had to figure out what motherhood meant for me and and who I was in distinct you know as a distinct human compared to just the mother of my kids and in that process like I said I got back in the pool and I figured that stuff out with using my body um and I'd gone from this like blob to like a milf like I was r hot and this person that he'd been with mean, this you whole were time. Hot. You are I, hot. Well, yeah, but I was like super. She's hot, I was guys. smoking back then. And I was just like, you're not even like noticing me. And my like my sex drive went bananas in my mid mid thirties. I was just oh, like, that's what's happening to me now. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh. It's like I was just like, ah, oh, and he was just like, mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh no, this is not working. Like, I can't do the rest of my life without having sex. Like, we didn't, I, I can't believe I'm telling like so many people this, but I um, we didn't have sex after I conceived my son and we, I was, he was like three or something when, when I left, like, anyway, so that's the relationship. So when kids are like, the only times my parents had sex with this was no, to conceive me, it's actually it, true. It was in his, in my son's case, right? Like, but like very, we, sex was just not that big a thing between, for him, I don't think, and I didn't have the vocabulary 
in my late 20s, early 30s to kind of go, you know what, it is mine, it's important to me. And then I had kids and I was too tired and I didn't want to be touched and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I was this like swimming milf and I was just like, now I'm ready. And he was just like, well, it still doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, ugh. So, you know, he was what I came, had come from. And then he was Charles who was older, but like amazingly good in the sack. And, but who like got me, like he, he swam and that made that easy. And, um, you know, we could be in our little chlorine bubble together. It was complete like not real it was really not a real existence but that's how this emotional abuse happens right they create this little world for you to be this in this is so fucking familiar yeah. it's terrifying yeah <laughs> yeah but we don't yeah. talk about it yeah and i yeah and i so i started talking because i didn't have bruises and i didn't have you know there wasn't financial abuse to show for it that i literally it was and he was dead so it wasn't like you could even like say otherwise yeah um and it was a, it was a horror. I there was a lot of mess in that grieving process. It was really complicated. Like grief is messy anyway. I'm not saying that it's not, but in that for me, because it was so had such a double edged thing. It was like yeah, and that but that was the beginning of me figuring having an an experience of like a big T trauma. I have had small T trauma attachment shit like the stuff i went to boarding school at the age of 10 i left the islands that i grew up on a month before that like i i get some i get some of that stuff like growing up type little trauma this was just different and it um it affected how i work um and then i started seeing what trauma does to the physical body like how it gets stuck in our tissue how it creates pain cannot be explained by anything else and how can we work with that and give give women freedom in a different way without having to just keep talking about it i was done talking about it i didn't want to talk about it anymore um yeah so yeah. what exactly when you talk about offering a physical like treatment mm. for trauma what exactly mm. is it that you do yeah. with it's people? really it's really blended uh, it's it's really uh diverse so i do a lot of um I do a lot of work with EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, okay. um, which is an awesome form of trauma uh, processing. Um, if anyone needs trauma therapy, I really recommend EMDR, an EMDR therapist. Uh, and it's the World Health Organization gets their tick of approval. So EMDR and CBT. So it's an actual thing. It's an actual, it's an empirical actual thing. thing. <laughs> it's not made up shit. No. <laughs> it's not it woo-woo. legit. No, it's not woo-woo at all. Um, yeah, it is tried and tested and empirically supported. Uh, so I am an EMDR therapist. I also work using um, somatic techniques. So how can we use, for example, yoga to in a trauma-informed way to help people release trauma? Love how, that. I love yeah. yoga. I just did yoga yeah. this morning. Yeah. Big it's fan. really powerful. And for some women, it's awesome. And for some women, some of those positions are really challenging because if they've suffered sexual assault, um, having anything where those knees are open or legs are open is a really, really challenging place to be. So I, I'll, depending on the person and the circumstances, I'll move between that and say boxing. I use, I use boxing a lot in therapy. Um, I use boxing for my couples as an amazing tool, not only to help That's a good shift idea. <laughs> emotions around, but I was using it in an exercise with some clients last week around how to 
ask for your needs because we're so rubbish. My women in, in relationships are really bad at asking for what they need. Right? I think because like being needy yeah. is such a negative Precisely. thing and expressing that yeah. you actually do need something from your partner. Like I found that incredibly hard mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to have this whole independence thing and you're constantly worried that the other person's going to leave or yep. die yep. or yep. something. Yep. And so it's dangerous for you to need somebody. It you know, that's really, that's really interesting. Absolutely. And... However, I don't like you think but if we don't learn how to state our needs, we're expecting the other person to be like a complete mind reader. Oh, I know, and it's fucked. And then it's fucked, totally. Yeah. And then everybody gets in there. I talk about, you know, digging in your own trench. And, you know, it's like World War One. This is when the English in me comes out, right? Like I've studied the Great War so many times through my, my schooling. It's not yeah. even funny, right? But we've dug our trench on opposite sides of this war zone. And it's full on stalemate, right? Like I am bedded in and they are bedded in and I'm spending all my time trying to convince you that my position is right and you're trying to spend all your time trying to convince me that it's right and then all we do is shout louder or slower because now we're getting sarcastic and it's just nasty, <laughs> right? It's like nasty. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes all we need to do is find the vocabulary to go, what I really need is this. When you do this, this is how it makes me feel and what I need is this. So I was like, okay, so... You do box. You've done boxing, and you're done boxing. Time. So you've got, yeah. you know, boxing is easier than padding. Like if you if you are boxing with a personal trainer, that padding thing is sorted, right? Like because we know what we're doing. Yeah. But then uh, you put pads in someone else's hands, and if they just stand still, there's no resistance, and it feels awful. Like yeah. it's just such an unsatisfying experience as a boxer, right? Yeah. So I was doing some padding for the female client who's having problems asking for things. And so she gets a feel for what it should feel like, right? Because it feels good when she's sitting with me. And then I'm like, okay, over to you, husband. And I've, I've been showing him what to do, but without giving him too much instruction. Yeah, right? sure. And so she's hitting, and I'm like, how's that working for you? And she's like, it doesn't feel very good. I say, so ask him for what you need. She's like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm like, well, he doesn't know. So he doesn't know what he's doing. So you need to guide him, like help... It was so amazing. I love that. It was so challenging and awesome. And then, you know, I said, you've got to try it. Like, you don't you don't know. So you don't know because you've never done this before either to the female client. So yeah. try something. Ask, suggest something. And then he can give it a crack. And if that doesn't work, then let's try something else. Like, why do we not do that in relationship? Like, why do we not, you know, why can't we just kind of make a stab at it? Even if it's not perfect the first time around. It's better than not saying anything. And then digging in that trench of resentment and then getting nasty and getting, you know, piffing grenades at each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anything where I use uh, breath work all the time. I use people um, doing like a butterfly hug, one arm crossed over the other up by their shoulders and just tapping. Um, encouraging them to wrap themselves up in like a dressing gown and doing that so that they learn where the edge of their body is. Um, because sometimes they just need to feel contained and safe and they don't have any other way of doing that but to do it, provide it for themselves. Um, a whole range of things. I use a lot of um, trauma release exercises as well. There's some great work in there too. So, yeah, I call myself an atypical counsellor. It's kind of like so interesting. all the things. It's yeah, not just the talk things. therapy. Yeah. yeah, and you do seminars yeah. as well, yeah? Yeah. You talk about you've talked about um, working with personal trainers and how to work with clients who do yes. have trauma. Yes. I find that so much of what I do with my clients, like people tell you so much shit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 
you know, you've kind of, it's hard to know how to, because you know, I'm not a counsellor, no. I'm not, don't have any yep. qualification in yep. that, it's more about just listening to the person and and saying like, that sucks, yep. or, um, 100%. you know, rather than saying, when this happened to me, yep. I did blah, you know, it's so hard not to do that though, yep. because you think that, oh, if I, if I relate my experience to theirs, somehow that's going to validate yep. them and that's going to yep. make them feel like they're not by themselves, yep. but really it's like, Stop fucking talking about yourself. I'm yep. having like a I'm moment. I'm trying to tell you my story. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you my story. You're just talking about so, yourself. Yeah, I yeah. um that Brene Brown video on empathy is exactly that, right? Right. Like everybody needs to watch that like 17 times at least every day <laughs> until they get it. The difference between that whole yeah, I know how that feels when it happened to me, or. Uh, at least like that's always the answer like we always try and yeah she calls it silver lining like we always try and just go oh yeah but at least you know i miscarried oh well at least you can't have kids you know that's that's not that's sympathy that's not empathy but just kind of going and, and this is this whole thing about the grief experience right is that whenever somebody has lost somebody now i've got a client that lost twins and it was just gut-wrenching and um I remember messaging her, I was in New Zealand at the time, and it had been this big, long, drawn-out thing, and I was devastated for her because I knew how much she had had literally hung on so long to try and keep, keep these babies long enough so that they would survive, and it just ended so horribly. And um, I messaged her, and I, that's all I could do was text her from New Zealand, and I said, there are literally no words for this. It sucks. I'm just so sorry. Like, there's nothing, there are no words, there is nothing you can say in a dire situation that is, there are no words to make any of it better. So why do we try? Why, it, like, as humans, we're just desperately trying to band-aid and make everything, it's not okay. It's just not. You know, shit happens, and when it does, we're there. I'm here sitting next to you in that dark hole. Let's just sit there together. Yeah. And that's the best we can do when we're in that situation. You know, all we want to do as humans, I talk about, being seen and being heard. Um, that's what we want as a, as a person from when we're tiny. Like from a little kid, that's all we want our parents to do is to see us and hear us. And when, when kids are learning to speak, they, get through this, they go through this phase of like, like uh, talking utter shit. Like it sounds like utter shit to us, but they are basically telling you a word. And you're like, I remember this with my son vividly. And he's sitting in the back of the car with my daughter who was like two at the time, or no, maybe three and he was one because um, he didn't come out talking he's good but he's not that good <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like saying this one word repeatedly over and over and over again and I'm like I don't know um, door seatbelt dummy like nah. like what are you and he's like getting louder and more like he's insistently repeating the same word and I am clearly not getting it right and I'm like Martha any ideas and she just said I don't know sandwich and I'm like how did you know that that's what he was saying and as soon as I said sandwich he's like we're done and he just carried on he was fine but he's like i've learned this word you need to repeat it back to me and until you repeat it back to me i don't feel like you've got me yeah um and that's all that that's all we want as a human being is to be seen and heard and there's this amazing psychotherapist in the uk called Catherine perry everyone should read her book um and it she talks ostensibly about um relationship with children but actually any relationship and she she says you just want to get got like, when someone gets you, you go, that's it, I'm home. Yeah. <sighs> that's all we want. Yeah, and how can we do that in our lives? How can we get the person? You don't do it by going, at least, or when that happened to me. We, we do it by going, that sounds like it's really shit right now for you. Um, I'll sit here with you while 
you feel that pain because I can't take it away from you and I can't give you words to make it better. So let's just hang here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so hard to, to like to find those people who get you, whether it's, you know, a romantic relationship yeah. or a friendship or even a therapist, like the therapist that I'm seeing currently, like I've seen a few different ones in the past. It's like shopping for a hairdresser. Oh, mate, yeah. it's fuck. It's like yeah. Tinder. It's horrific. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, just sifting through fucking dick pics and like <laughs> pics of someone with someone oh, else's kid. My God, it's ridiculous. That is literally, gonna be, <laughs> when I'm in the clinic this week, I'll be thinking of that. That's like, what it's like, it's like though. A dick pic. Yeah, and it is. I, my my therapist now, like, and he's the first male therapist I've seen. Mm. And I think literally within the first conversation, I was just like, "Yep, you get me. You get me. That's it." Yeah, and that I didn't feel like I had to justify myself. No. I didn't feel like I had to. He's never asked, he doesn't, he doesn't relate things back to some bullshit that... Theory. Yeah. yeah, some bullshit theory. He's just, he just listens to me talk. Yep. Um, he actually does share his own experiences, but I find that quite valuable because it makes me see him as an actual person. Yep. It's a really interesting clinical line, and that's another reason why I think I'm a fairly atypical clinician, because the work that I did, I totally hear you when you said, you know, as a PT, people tell you all this stuff and you just, like, are not qualified to deal with it, like... I always talk about my life before kids and before kids I was in corporate HR so I did a lot of coaching and what I've worked with people my whole existence right so then when I started PTing it was off the back of the fact that I'd used my body to figure out how, who I was after I became a mum so I used that and worked in that kind of pregnant postnatal space for a while but really quickly ended up with these women who just wanted to tell me all their stuff and they would rock up and they'd go, Thea, fix this. And they would kind of indicate their body. And I'm like, okay, well, firstly, it's not broken. And secondly, I'm not really sure it's the physical body that you need to fix. Like, I think it's yeah. in somewhere else. And very quickly realized that I wasn't skilled. Like, I wasn't a qualified counselor then. I wasn't, I wasn't even, didn't have coaching skills in, in Australia. So I did that first. And then I'm like, yeah, but coaching is great. Coaching is, I love, I use a lot of coaching skills techniques in counseling they're very similar to some extent but for me coaching still relies on a level of privilege and okayness <laughs> if that's a word that i can use like it almost presumes that your life is pretty good but you just want it to be that much better yeah um it's not about as yeah to, as opposed to let's clear out that boil of pussy skank that's hanging around in the dark there that needs sorry i'm, really, <laughs> I'm a bit visual when it comes oh, to these things sorry, so, i just got that yeah. clear it out let's get rid of that shit so that we can start living a really adaptive uh with adaptive strategies you instead just of this other stuff the top, totally completely you re cannot fucking yeah. building yeah, yeah. lance yeah. that motherfucker clean out the skank and then you can start to heal actually yeah. um rather than just going i need to work out and tone my body and ignore all of this other stuff that's actually driving me to do this stuff because there's something else exercise is an amazing tool it's an amazing strategy like i'm speaking at, at filex in sydney um, i'm going to filex i'm talking oh my god yes. we're gonna hang out i'm yeah. excited oh yay. yeah so I'm, i did trauma last year this year i'm doing um exercise as a treatment for uh, depression and anxiety right oh, you're, like your first thing on saturday morning yeah because we're someone. fucking getting later flights so because i no. had booked that as the one i was going to or it might be it might have changed i think i'm on i hope i'm on, on i thought i was on a friday night anyway whenever i'm on i need to do my session notes this week you probably should figure blah, blah, out blah, you blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you're fine blah, blah, blah. i was doing the last one like i was focusing <laughs> on my presentation for friday yeah yeah we'll be good 
fine. Uh, it's all good. It's in amongst everything else. But, you know, it's an amazing strategy, right? But it's, as a trainer, we've got to have our eyes open for the people that are there obsessively. And obsessively for, the, for a whole bunch of other reasons. Like, yeah. everything in a balance, right? What are we ignoring? <laughs> what are we ignoring in, in someone's world? Um, or what are they ignoring by, you know, being in our setting for 17 hours a week? Like, wh where are their friends? Where are their... What's going on in their relationships? All yeah, of the I things. Think this is yeah. one of the things that is my role is to create these, like, programs. I guess they're member retention programs. Mm -hmm. But I, my, my vision and my intention with them is to build, like, positive human connection. And it's not about losing weight. No. It's not about who's the fastest, who's yeah. the strongest. It's about who can like build these positive relationships that help to improve their overall life and well-being. Yep. And whilst exercise is definitely a part of that, it's really only like um, a, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle, for that. absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to change about the way that we provide these services to our members because I don't give a fuck if you lost 5% body fat. Yep. Are you happy? Yeah. You yes. know, what are you what's doing your home for? life yeah. like? Why are you here? Yep. And I feel like, you know, people would rather see the number on a piece of paper change than see a fundamental part of them, yep. like see some improvement there. Yeah. Yep. Interestingly, so this is, so I used to do some quite not good things. And I've been really working on myself. I've been really fucking trying to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And... Yesterday, right, I, this is such a stupid story, but I had like a little moment. I was at Dan Murphy's and I was buying a bottle of champagne because I had a friend coming over Very from good. back home and we were yeah. like going to eat all the chips and <gasps> drink this bottle. That's amazing. literally heaven. Mate, like, chips was, and champagne is basically chips and champagne. the best was like, in the world. It was. It was fantastic. Oh my gosh. I was, at, I was purchasing this fucking bottle. It was like $15, you know, let's calm ourselves. <laughs> It's not yeah. like my way or anything. No, it's like a fucking my way. It's a step above that yellow one. Yellow glen. Yellow, a step above yellow glen. It was next to yellow glen, though. It was slightly, next to it. Slightly upper class. Yeah, it was on the shelf yeah. above it, but like directly above. Um, so I was buying my not yellow glen and gave the woman cash and she handed me back. Um, so I gave her a 50 because I'm a fucking baller. She handed me back a 50 and a fi and $15. So I stand there with my sixty-five dollars in my hand. What are you doing? And I was like, "Fuck it, you gave me too much money." And I was like, and she was like, "Oh, yeah," and just gave me my correct change. I know. I was like, "But she could have said." You totally things. need to like high five me. Should have fucking. And I was like walking back across the road, and I just had this like insane feeling of like pride of how far I come. I used to be. Among other things, like a horrendous shoplifter, like I can't um, see that, mate. I was the look at me. How <laughs> obvious am I? Yeah, but yeah, but precisely, like you were. That you was my thing. I was like, yeah. I'm so fucking distinctive looking that no one would suspect that I would do something so stupid. That was Double my bluff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, nice. among other awful things I've done in the past, that's been one of my phases, and I wouldn't have thought twice about. I would have stolen money from the till, like if I'm being honest. And just that moment of being like, nah, you gave Sheesh. me too much money. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You're walking out going, and my I, I was shining. <laughs> See that shit glimmering off the 
top of my head. That's my halo. Right. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, calm down. Any normal person would have said, you gave me too much change. But just that realization that I am a fucking better person. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was real big for me. Mm. Um, and I think I've had a lot of moments like that in the last year. Um, and I was talking about exercise, but exercise and finding like really what I value from life through that yep. has been the absolute game changer yep. for me. So rather than people finding, um, you know, like a heavier squat or um, feeling better about how their body looks. Mm -hmm. It's like those yep. values and those yep. things that I want people to find through yep. exercise and through these programs. Yeah, right. And with being in connection with other people, because I think that's such a powerful thing. We've lost that tribe that we used to have. Yeah. Um, especially women. And I think this is part of the reason... It, uh, another thing that anyone who is in a relationship or ever dreams of being in a relationship should get onto is um, my like my couples therapist crush which is Esther Perel um, it's spelled like Esther but she's from Belgium so it's Esther okay um, yeah and she's got the most amazing voice and she's super hot for like I think she must be in her 50s and she's like I, I dream of being like her one day I'm like, oh, <laughs> Esther anyway she um, she's done a couple of TED talks and they are literally profound and she talks about this, the way that we've gotten ourselves into this place where we play like I see my relationship with Charles in this bubble too is that we place so much weight on this person that we're in relationship with, that they are our soulmate and they are our everything. Because that is what this Disney-fied slash rom-com Hollywood thing that is romance and love and marriage tells us is reality. And actually, marriage comes from like a root of... Can I say root? Yeah, root. As in root. You can always say well, root. I, you see, but I say, yeah, but I say root around. This is going completely off topic. I, as an English person, I say like I'm going to root around in the cupboard to find something. And yeah. then the Australians are like, you can't say that. That's like super rude. And I'm like, it's like rummage. And they're like, you mean fossick? I'm like, what is fossicking? Like, that is not a thing. I've never heard anyone say they're going to fossick around in my cupboard. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, a th that's what I, I mean, if someone told me they were going to have a route around, I would probably, like, lol. No, well, that But also means, I would understand no, and just it's me it being a rummage. Yeah, it no, means rummage. It means okay. rummage. Anyway. <laughs> where did I get to roots? Um, anyway, so this, the roots of marriage. The Marriages came we about would say for, the like, rummage of marriage. No, no, no. This is in a no, different context. Different. But, you know, I always, I always go there. Like, my brain is like a little butterfly. <laughs> um, next flower. Uh, <laughs> um... It, it comes from that place of like, you know, how do we secure this family line? How do we secure this plot of land? How do we secure this trade route? Like that's, marriages were an economic contractual thing back in the day. And everybody did their shagging around with their concubines or their mistresses. It wasn't about love and soulmating and like, oh my God, you are my one and only and you are going to fulfill all of my needs, right? Because back in the day, we had like our tribe of women and other people who would provide us with those other needs. Whereas we've become so insular and we've lost our people. And that when we have a group of people that you can connect with over sweat, right? It's awesome. Like we get outlets. That connection is so vital. We get that wisdom, different ages and stages of life and different perspectives and different fuck ups and different learnings and different levels of wisdom. And um, yeah, Exercise is not only the vehicle, but it kind of breaks down a whole ton of barriers. Like, it's the leveler, the lef playing field. Like, it yeah. levels everything. You can just all hit together or lift weights together or 
sweat together, on together, whatever your jam is, right? Like, there's something out there for us all. Yeah. 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 Mm. Except for Al, she's one of my heroes. Yeah. Go listen to Look her. her they're amazing. Yeah. They are amazing. Anyone, and she does one about infidelity, so if anyone like me has been involved in situations where there's, like, affairs and shit going down, yeah, that's, she's got some really good stuff to say on that, too. Yeah. I think it's, like, so important to hear the stories of, like, normal relationships. Yeah. Like, relationships aren't perfect, and yeah. you will fight, and you will have issues, and there are affairs, and there are those things that happen. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much fucking judgment around your relationship. You shouldn't be fighting. You've only been together this long. Or, um, they've cheated on you, so yeah, that's it. That's the they're, end. They're an oh. asshole. That, it's over. But you just can't put that on someone. You can't ever say, you should leave them. No. They're an asshole. No. Um, anything like that and people just fucking do yeah it's <laughs> because, crazy because because there is this expectation of what happens what should happen and all of the all of the things that we have as our kind of i don't know our guiding lights like we've our our i don't even know it's like a template yeah it's born it's, with like yeah. this is what you need to seek in a partner you need somebody who will provide for you, someone who you can have a family with, yeah. someone who has a stable job, yeah. someone who has this and that, and and will and will get on his white horse and charge in and rescue you. Like, don't be fucking rescuing me. That was my one thing after Charles had died. It's just like, don't anyone come anywhere near me who thinks that they need to rescue me from this. It's like I've got this shit. Like, I am. I can deal with this. I made this particular bed. I was prepared to lie in it. Like, I had decided I was going to stay with him because for my kids. Like, that sounds weird, but. I couldn't, I couldn't put them through another divorce, and I'd already, I already knew, I knew by the time we married him, by the time I married him, fifty-one weeks before, that it was a disaster. Like it was not going to end well. Uh, I didn't think it was going to end this way. Um, but I had, I had made that choice, and I was, I believe that that was one of my strong moments was being able to make that call. So I knew that when he died, like I knew I could figure this out. Like it was a mess. It was messy. Please don't think I was like. Okay, I've got this. It was it was a disaster. I was I often talk about this part of me that was my grieving widow part, and she ran she ran the roost for a long time. I slept on the couch for six months. I couldn't sleep in my bed. Uh, it was it was messy, um, but no no charges, no knights in shining armor, no um, no happily ever afters. Like the the film, I I talk a lot about the fact that we get these expectations from everything that we surround ourselves with as, as kids we're watching those disney movies where it all ends beautifully every time and then those movies those chick flicks where it all ends great like even for julia roberts and pretty woman it ended great because she got her richard gear right but nobody we don't see movies in the after bit like it ends with the marriage or it ends with the like i do that's never right? just the middle of the story right it's not like they get married then i was actually talking to my partner about this the other day um is that you know people focus on the wedding, not the marriage, and oh, you know, I'm not against marriage at all. Like no. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's an awesome thing that everyone can now get married. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Thank you, Australia, like, for finally fucking do up it. Again. Like do it, but or do it three times. I'm doing it for the third time. Actually, <laughs> don't even fucking at forty. I'm going to be forty three by the time I get married for the third time. It just sounds ridiculous. I cannot say openly that I have a fiancé without feeling super awkward because I'm like, <laughs> probably shouldn't admit that. And he goes around leaving me notes from fiancé number eight. I'm oh like, oh, oh, it's not that I bad. fucking love him. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's very bad dental. <laughs> but it's true. People focus on this big, buffy day. Yeah. Trust me, I've done it twice. It is 
it is just a day and yes you get to feel like a princess or whatever you want to feel like but that is the amount of times we don't have conversations i'll say to my couples in crisis did you sit down when you got married and go okay so this is what i want from this marriage and this is what i want from this marriage and this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to do it yeah, like, like nobody has that conversation what do we want together yeah. and i try and have those conversations which makes me sound very grown up you are very grown, grown up until you go <laughs> Never. I'm 34 in two weeks. Yeah. Um, it's nearly your birthday. It is nearly my oh, birthday. Yay. Everyone. No wonder you're um, going. To, no wonder you're unavailable for every weekend between now and March and April. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to like make sure that you have those individual goals. I've been yep. in a relationship when it was super insular and it's just me and them in this bubble and you know we have all these things we want to do together, but it's nothing's based on the individual. Nothing's yep. based on like what my goals were before yep. we met, what their goals were before we met, and mm -hmm. it's all about the two of us doing our little secret little mm. things together, and I don't want that, no. you know. You need to be able to grow as a human, he needs to be able to grow as a human, or they need to be able to grow as a human, and stay connected. Like, and you don't have to grow at the same rates, um, but surely our goal, and I, and I challenge my fiance with this all the time, see I said it, yay me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds so bizarre, I should be about 14 again, anyway no. Uh, that's too young to get engaged, everybody. Um, Definitely. It's that whole, that whole, it doesn't, we don't want to, do we really want to stay the same for the rest of our lives? Surely our goal is to live a rich and fulfilling life. And to do a rich and fulfilling life, we've got to accept that there's going to be shit fests and there's going to be full on joy fests and there's going to be everything in between. But do we want it to stay the same? Like, do we want to stay exactly as we are or do we want to experience so many things, highs, lows and everything in between? That will help us evolve as a human. That, that will help us. Yeah, exactly. And so that involves growth. That involves challenge. That involves the hard stuff. That involves celebrating the wins. God, we need to do that better. We're really rubbish. Like, you know, we get so goal orientated, and then we forget to go. Yay! Look what we did. Yeah, like look at how thing. far we've come. Yeah, yeah, it may only have been a little thing, you know. But like, you didn't rip off the woman at Dan right. Murphy's. That deserves another <laughs> bottle of not yellow Glen, quite honestly. <laughs> Let me go back around and get another bottle. <laughs> Yay me! Right? Like, we need to do that more. But then we do need to, in, in a relationship, stay, there needs to be some glue. There needs to be something that goes, okay, so as I am on this mission, like, I was going to say my partner, he's like, the whole time, Thea, you're always on a mission to do something. You never stand still. Like, I have a PhD in me I am desperate to do. And he's like, there's always something else with you. And I'm like, yep, and you need to come along for the ride. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, please don't think you're going to stay still. He did therapy for the first time last year. It was amazing. It, he was, before that, he's like, I know that you're a counselor and everything, but I think I'm good. And I'm like, well, you're not, but okay. Well, I don't think anyone is good. No. Everyone's what? fucked. And so then, like, bad therapist, girlfriend, because I was like, so have you spoken about this yet? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> if your partner goes into therapy, let, let them go on their journey. Yeah. Don't get involved. Just, no. It's not okay. No, no. <laughs> it ends badly. <laughs> so oh basically, you can't find the right balance. There isn't one. No, it's about it's about accepting that. The highs it, and lows the, and right. just riding the yeah. fucking wave, I guess. Right. Not to sound cliche, but that's literally it. Yeah. And, and to... Yeah, that's exactly it. And to accept that that is what we should should that's what uh -oh. life that's what life is about. <laughs> the right? S word. That your tapestry, your individual tapestry, 
do you want it to just be like some beige looking blur thing? Do you want it to be from Ikea or right. do you want it to be some hand woven by Mohair, and, and beautiful yeah, rainbow colours and, and yeah, sparkly sequiny things yeah. and maybe a bit of crap right. in there somewhere. Yeah, some plastic because we're recycling. Yeah, like of all course, the things. Sustainable, bespoke, yeah. organic. Yes. Yeah. Messy. Yeah. That's and and you know, this whole idea that we should wake up every morning wanting to be happy and if we're not happy then somehow we've failed. At life like that is a social construct that needs to just go in the trash bin trash what do you yeah. say here bin garbage bin? I, I say burn anyway. so burn. don't <laughs> I can't I can't go with that no. <laughs> actually I've got a watch of kiwi dollars I should totally have anyway just an aside I, I, I collect them all up so when I go back I can buy a sandwich at the airport because they're like $15 <laughs> yeah Oh, um, no, yeah so yeah that's it's got to be i've got this beautiful vision now of like that's what the tapestry I'm is about my tapestry like. yeah, yeah all of the things and we were joking on friday i just say yes too often right that's how come i've been married twice and <laughs> to be fair, three times people keep asking me and i go well it'd be rude to say no to be fair if more people um, ask me i'd probably be yeah. married more times as well <laughs> but just no one does <laughs> i don't even know how i'll get myself into these situations my parents are just like here we fucking go again um <laughs> never mind my kids anyway uh, it's that like take your chances and and learn from when it doesn't go quite so well like it will we are incredibly resilient if we give ourselves the chance and I've you know weirdly the two people that have shown me that the most are my kids you know they've been through so so much in their little lives and I look at them and they just go yes yeah, so I missed the tram it's okay whereas their friends are like oh my god I missed the tram and I'm gonna be late for school and blah 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 and they're just like yep worst things happen <laughs> You know, worse things do happen, and it's it's okay. We have done harder. Like it's kind of like our little phrase between the three of us. Yeah. When something comes up and they're really stressed about something, and they'll turn to me, but it's okay, mummy, because I've done harder. I'm like, yep, yeah, you have. And look, you're still here. You're fine. Your tapestry's got a couple of extra. Yeah, your kids cool should come on the podcast. They sound cool. legends. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. They're pretty mega. Like we're part of a blended family of five. They are. We have five kids between us. Like, that's my warning, like, to the whole saying yes to getting married all the time thing. Like, you get married the first time, you have two kids, and then you repartner for the third time, and you end up with three others. So then yeah, you have that's five. A concern. For 11, sure. 12, 13, 14. Cautionary tale. Yeah. The serial. Um, yeses. Marriers. Ma- <laughs> Marriers out there. Yeah. Be careful. Uh, and then you get a puppy, and then, yeah, then you're done. Um, where can people find you if people want to box or talk or listen to you? And uh, how is the best way for them to do those things? I am at theabaker.com.au. Actually, that's how I found yeah. you. I just Googled your name. Ah, yeah, there's yeah. One, there is one other Thea Baker who does like art. She's very, she's a great drawer. Or well, writer so not or her. Not her. Is it a drawing? No. Bad. Stick people, yeah. Yeah. But that's about it. I can draw a house and a tree yeah. and a bird and a sun. That's my thing. Go to uh, theabaker.com.au. Facebook, same kind of thing. Things. Yeah, Thea yeah. Baker Wellness is my company. So if you look at that Thea way, Baker you can find me that way. Yeah. Thank I mean, you so much. Thank you. For what a fucking glorious chat that was. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so good. And you've mentioned a few people who we should look into yes, as well. I can um, send you uh, all Excellent. my people. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So. We got a lot of uh, gold out of this one. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love everything about Thank your story. You. you are definitely still a MILF. <laughs>
just with more grey hair than I used to have. I need to go to hairdressers, everybody. You can't see. That's great. She doesn't have any grey hair, guys. She's like... <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Um, please get in touch with Thea if you would like to know anything more about her and the uh, services. <laughs> services I provide. Services she provides. <laughs> Have an amazing mind gold filled day. Bye.